Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, some more questions from the mailbag as we continue on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Ad Hoc's Fan 2016 has not a question but a series of statements. Cooper Cup got beat by Wilson. Plain and simple. There was no holding. It was incidental contact at best. We talked about this one yesterday. We saw the holding. We saw the hand in the chest that impeded Cooper Cup when he was trying to cross underneath. Chris, you you have the floor. Yeah, okay. Well, so, you know, again, it was clearly defensive holding. You know, I'm going to get into this. First off, I always find it our job to tell the truth. And like you say, we, you know, we're going to tell the truth whether you like it or not. I want to bust, like, narratives that are out there that are stupid. I understand Bengals fans are upset. I get that. But let me just tell you, as an innocent bystander, the Bengals won as far as where the referees went. They got away with more than, than the Rams, for sure. I know we have Jalen Ramsey tugging T. Higgins' shirt. But we also have T. Higgins on the offensive pass interference. We have also a number of plays through the game where I go, this is, you know, Van Jefferson, early fourth quarter. He's got a ball put right in the basket. He can only get one hand up because the other guy's holding his hand, you know. And then at the end of the game, Mike, it was egregious, egregious. The the Bengals at the end of the game, when it became first and eight, said, we're going to hold every play and we don't think the refs will call it. That's the approach they took. And that's where I go, way to go refs in the NFL. So here's first and eight, right? First and eight, we got some still shots for you. Here's Cooper Cup being held on first and eight, right? This ends up being uh, incomplete on this pass. But either way, there you go. It's blatant holding. He can't get out of the break. The guy holds him and is all over him. So there's your first and eight play. Now let's go to second and eight. Second and eight, here's an incompletion to Darrell Henderson. Here's holding. He's being horse collared as he comes out of the break, let alone... Stafford throws him the ball, and the guy is continuing to hold him as he's trying to catch it. There's no pass interference or defensive holding. Here's another snapshot. This is the same exact play, and this is Cooper Cup being held by Von Bell. And let me just tell you, if we could zoom on this and I could show you coaches film, he was held already by Eli Apple before he came out of the break, and then Von Bell held him as he's coming out of the break. Again, great. So th- these are plays where nothing is called, and this should have been first down right here. So now we go move on to the play, all right? 
Now, like we explained yesterday, if Luke Wilson can be in the position he was, like where he was totally turned around and then he flipped his hips and covered Cooper Cup, then, man, they need to start paying him $16 million a year because he's a, this right here. So try to pause it for me, Matt, and go into the spots. First off, oh, this is. right here is pass interference. This is a 245-pound man who's very strong. If anybody came to me in this position and tried to cross my face and I put my hand in your chest, you're going to slow down significantly. And this isn't even the full force of the shot right here where it's still. Then he goes by him, and he continues to hold him. And again, this was not passive interference. Again, this is a strong man with his hand with grippy gloves. You don't have to grab to hold to still have it. And he's holding him right now with both hands. Both hands. It's defensive holding. And let alone, they called defense a holding. And what I will even say, too, even though he played the ball really well, he still got there before the ball got to Cooper Cup. It would, could have been pass interference, too. So people are crazy to think that that was not defense a holding. There, there's another arm you see holding. He was holding with two hands. So he, he was beat across the middle. He punched him in the chest and then held with both hands. So that's where, again, you know, thank God the NFL called that. Or we've been sitting here Monday going, the Bengals committed pass interference or holding on the last five plays of the game, and nobody called anything. So, so I'll give the referee some credit for that one. It's almost like the old Legion of Boom approach. Hold on every play. They're, that's the way. Force them to call it, and yes. they won't. When they got down to first and eight, that's kind of what they did. You know, they had been playing zone, as you heard me say earlier in the show, throughout that drive. And then they got down there, and they went, oh, okay, wait, we got to worry about the run game a little and some certain things. So let's play man. And, yes, they – and let alone we didn't even show the play, of course, where Eli Apple goes on a, on a roller coaster ride holding Cooper Cup on the little out route that puts the ball at the one-yard line. I'm not even going to show that. I mean, that was like almost abuse or, you know, man you – know, he beat Cooper Cup up. So, again, I know the Bengals – fans are disappointed but I can tell you they got away with more calls in this football game than the Rams in my opinion that after watching it and kind of evaluating it hopefully that can you know put some of that stuff to rest right there go heist 63 wants to know if the Rams would have lost the game what would the narrative have been <laughs> well what do you think it would have been Stafford can't win well, the game that's the first thing you know, right? Yeah, but but I th I think we would have been so caught up in praising the Bengals. Like, we're not really knocking the Bengals. We're calling out some coaching decisions, specifically and more generally as it relates to handling Aaron Donald, specifically on the third and one play and a couple of other things. But it's not like we're saying Joe Burrow, oh, Joe Burrow, big phony. Joe Bur we, we're, we still are praising Joe Burrow as a potential great quarterback who – is going to have the Bengals back. I think we're giving them too much credit in assuming they're going to be back in the mix I agree next there. year when you right. consider the level of competition and that's going to be focused upon them, the effort to stop them, the team that, that every other AFC team has been looking down their noses at for years. So I, I don't know. Stafford can't win the big one. never been in the big one before. He'd, done, he'd achieved more getting to the Super Bowl than he ever had collectively in 12 years with the Lions. So it would have been hard to fault him. I think it would have come down to whatever the key play was that delivered it for the Bengals. For example, if Aaron Donald doesn't get to Joe Burrow on the fourth and one play and he finds Jamar Chase for the game-winning touchdown, it's going to be Jalen Ramsey sucks. That, that's the narrative. That's, that, that would have been the narrative all year long. Jalen Ramsey's overrated. Jalen Ramsey had the worst game of his career, maybe one of the worst games any defensive backs ever had in the Super Bowl. 
that that would have been the talking point, I think. It de- definitely would have been. I mean, you're right. You're right. It would have been a lot of praise for the Bengals. How'd they do it? Joe Burrow, they hung around. Oh, my gosh, they won the game. There would have been that. But I do think we'd also had, oh, you know, McVay choked in the Super Bowl again. The Rams and all those stars couldn't get it done. Oh, good thing they traded for Jalen Ramsey, like you said. Matthew Stafford in a big game chokes. I still think that would have been part of it. I mean, again, I'm, I'm four days after the Super Bowl watching highlight shows when I get home and get out of here or when I'm sitting in the office. I, I hear very few people ever say anything good about Aaron, Matthew Stafford in the performance. Like it's, it's like people just have a hard time doing it. They're set in their ways. They wanted to believe he was a choker in big games. There's that. I think McVay's going to get in trouble for Philly Philly on third and two. People are going to go, what the hell was he doing with that play call? Yeah, you're going to have a lot of second guessing and that type of stuff, let alone, I think you're right, the Burrow praise, which, you know, in, a, in some ways I think was a little over the top in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, it was uh, I, it, it is still awesome. I'm not trying to say that. But, yeah, I think it would have been a lot of Burrow praise and crap on the Rams and their stars and why they didn't get it done. But I really do think it would have been driven, been, been driven by the specific play that delivered it for the Bengals, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And if they would gotten a field goal on that last drive – we got a whole overtime we have to play, and if the Bengals win as a result of that, there would have been something that would have been the narrative. But I, I don't think it would have been fair to say Matthew Stafford can't win the big one. He'd never even been in it before. Uh, so uh, uh, I'm not saying that's what we would have said. I know we wouldn't. We have brains. I know. We're yeah. talking about more the rest yeah. of the other people. You know, that's that. You know, yes. I just think that the the, the hype on the Bengals would have been so overpowering. Yeah, I think you might be right. Right. Any negative narratives about the Rams? There's only so much time you have to talk about these things, and it would have been all Bengals, Bengals, Bengals. We've never seen anything like this before. A team goes from horrible to Super Bowl champion, and the NFL would have loved that because the more you sell that narrative the more all the other fan bases think, hey, it can be us next year. And everybody gets engaged in the process of getting ready for 2022. All right, which doesn't belong and why? We'll do that next here on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're the man, first off. Brandon Marshall is the man. You're the man. Debo Samuel is the man. You're the man. Aiden Hutchinson is the man. You're the man. Alexander Madison is the man. You're the man. Jonathan Taylor is the man. You're the man, Gerard Mayo. You're the man. Gerard Mayo is the man. You're the man. Justin Jefferson is the man. You're the man. CeeDee Lamb is the man. I love you. You're like, you're the man. Mike Evans is the man. Yeah. You're the man. You are the man. We appreciate it, guys. You're the man. Micah Parsons is the man. What up, dude? You're the man. That guy over there is <laughs> the man. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, that might have been the best great. one ever. That might have been as good. That's that as good great. as it gets. Okay, I think I'm using that phrase when, a little too much. When did you pick that up? When did you pick that up? <laughs> You've been saying it as long as I've known you. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's almost like how I just say bye. It's just like, hey, you the man. I'll see you later. Like, you know, it's just like one of those things. I, I don't know where I picked it up. But obviously I every say it once a in a while, much. Every once in a while, you'll start saying it to a female and, like, correct yourself midstream. Yeah, and uh, yes, you're right. I will. And I'll go, you the lady. Yeah. That's what I usually say or yes. something like that, right? Yes. <laughs> you the yeah. woman. Or I think I heard you, I heard you say, you the man. I mean, you the woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely has come out um, of my mouth before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Which doesn't belong and why? Let's start with this one. Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, Brandon Staley, three members of the Sean McVay coaching tree, also known as the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, which doesn't belong and why? Uh, I got to go with Brandon Staley there. I think that's pretty obvious, right? I mean, first off, Zach Taylor's been to a Super Bowl. Matt LaFleur's been to two NFC championship games. It was a number one seed. Brandon Staley has just gone for it on fourth downs and helped his team not make the playoffs so far. So that's all I can look at there. I like Brandon Staley and almost everything he does, except, yes, all that analytics, fourth down stuff, to me was reckless and and cost their team a a spot in the playoffs. I'm going to go far more literal and basic than that. Staley's not even on the tree. He's not on the tree in the same way Wade Phillips wouldn't have been on the tree. He's the defensive coordinator who runs the entire side of the ball that Sean McVay doesn't pay any attention to. He's not part of the tree. You're only part of the tree (laughs) if you're learning from Sean McVay, right? Brandon Staley came in, took over half the team, did well enough with it that he became the Chargers head coach. So uh, it's not really part of the tree. It's like a separate bush growing over in the backyard. Um, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks, NFC West teams that weren't in the Super Bowl and all three have quarterback questions, which doesn't belong and why? Well, I, I think I'm going to go with the 49ers here just because, like, yeah, the, they all have quarterback questions, but the 49ers to me, again, in the NFC Championship game and are a team that I just look at to be in a little bit of a different class than the other two teams right now. You know, there, there's more than just quarterback questions with the other two teams. Seahawks, we got a whole bunch of questions. Cardinals, we... We talk about the offense and those issues and what are they going to do there, let alone, you know, the way they fall apart at the end of seasons and that. You know, the 49ers to me are a little bit of a a different caliber of a football team. They are, even next year, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. You know, I expect it to be Trey Lance, but I think they're, you know, still going to be a Super Bowl team even with Trey Lance because I think Shanahan will find ways to still make that offense good with him. I agree with you on the 49ers, and I, I just have this weird feeling Tom Brady's going to be the quarterback week one of the 2022 season. You're not alone. I just, I, it just, it, it, once the Buccaneers make their arrangements with another veteran quarterback and it makes Tom Brady irrelevant to that team, that's when the opening is going to emerge, I think, for the 49ers. Ravens, Steelers, Browns, AFC North teams that weren't in the Super Bowl and all three have quarterback questions which doesn't belong and why? Well, the Ravens are the team because the Ravens don't really have – I mean, they have a contract question with Lamar Jackson. But I still look at the Ravens as a quality football team that didn't get in the playoffs. But as we discussed a lot, like, they were ravaged by injuries. They have some excuses a little bit, in my opinion. Lamar Jackson injury being one of them. But another a, – a, a bunch of other key ones, too, to go along with that. You know, the Browns, you know, they were as talented as anybody in football and just underwhelming and didn't do good. The Steelers, you know, good, but got some other issues too, let alone quarterback. We know offensive lines and some things like that. So uh, I say the Ravens. What do you say there? 
Um, I, I, I just say the Steelers right now because I don't know where they are. I don't know what yeah, they're doing. Right. I, don't, I don't know how to feel about them. Right. And, and as, as long as Mason Rudolph is the top of the depth chart at quarterback, I have no faith in the Steelers for 2022. I would agree I with that. I can at least get behind the idea of Baker Mayfield for one more year in Cleveland. Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, and if he's injured or whatever, Tyler Huntley, Mason Rudolph, I, I got I got nothing for you, Steelers, if Mason Rudolph is your answer for 2022. All right, uh, we'll put a, a button on the 2021 season with a draft of the stuff that we never saw coming. I'm not sure I saw this draft coming. Maybe that's my first pick. <laughs> we'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's have a draft of the stuff that we never saw coming when the 2021 season began. Chris, you have – well, you actually have time for a trivia question. What do you got? Oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Matthew Stafford now holds the record for most regular season losses by a QB before winning his first Super Bowl with 95. All right. Who previously held that record? The record for most regular season losses. It's got to be John Elway because he was like in his 15th season when he finally won a Super Bowl. Am yeah. I right? Yeah, I think you're right, 100%. Yep, John Elway. Again, 80 was the record. There's another example of like team matters. I mean, there's a guy that was bringing his team to the Super Bowl and they had no business being in some of those Super Bowls because they had a magic man and he was held to a, oh, he can't win the big one. And you go, the team wasn't that right. good. So, yeah, go ahead. You lead it Here off. Here we go. Bengals in the Super Bowl. That I uh, what you I didn't never see that, that coming? coming? We all saw that coming. You must have been an idiot or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. That that's I think an obvious one. How about Brady retiring? That's the next one I'm going to go with. I mean, I knew we knew he was up there in age, but I, I did not think Tom Brady was going to retire before the start of the year. I did think we were going to see one more year, and I didn't think Tom Brady was going to retire when I was having Thanksgiving dinner. I was sitting there going, yeah, Brady's going to play one more year. Why would he stop? So that one uh, certainly was a, a shocker. I'll go Sean Payton leaving the Saints. Yeah. You know, he had gone through all those years of will he leave, will he leave, will he leave, and he never left. And I just thought he was staying for good, at least for a few more years, while they tried to turn this thing around, and they had a great season. You know, relative to their talent, they almost made it to the playoffs, so that one stunned me. Yeah, that's, that is a stunner, definitely. I mean, one of the great coaches of, of this era to just walk away, at, you know, and, and again, wasn't even on our, our radar until the season ended. Um, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase, right? I mean, again, I mean, the, the preseason, nobody saw this coming. We were going, damn, can he catch the ball? Is this a bust? Oh, no. What's going to happen? Jamar Chase, they, maybe they should have drafted Penny Sewell. This looks like it's not going to work. He didn't play college football last year. He's all totally, you know, out of rhythm and, and everything. Oh, damn, wait, he might be the best receiver in football. Oh, crap. I mean, then nobody saw that coming, that's for sure. I just He took the league over. And really, I mean, again, I don't know, Mike. I, I would put them up there with, you know, who, who is the best receiver in football right now? Chase with 81 receptions, 1,455 yards, 18 yards Debo. per reception. Right. To me, it's him and Debo. I, I would go with those two Justin over anybody. Jefferson. Justin Jefferson would probably be my third, right? I'm with you, though. Those, to me, that's the, this year we saw a flip, I think, officially in the receivers category as far as the old guard is now down the rankings a little bit. We saw the new guard take over at the wide receiver position. Sure, I think when you add DJ Moore into that conversation, Cooper Cup, what he did, uh, that, that's, we, we saw some new, new guys take over the league. 
I guess I got to go with the Brian Flores lawsuit and everything yeah. that preceded it. A winning record, getting fired, the allegations of $100,000 offered per loss in 2019, just everything about it. I never thought there would be any coach who drew that line in the sand legally against the NFL. That, that to me, was the stunner of all stunners. Yeah, that, that is. That's a, uh, it is a stunner. It's still stunning us as we sit here now. Um, I never would have saw that coming. All right, I'm going to go back. I, I want to just take a broad one and go the rookies. I know I did Jamar Chase, but, like, let's just last pick of the draft here. I never saw Micah Parsons being the best defensive player in football. Trayvon Diggs with all the interceptions. And I'll even throw Mac Jones in there. Even though we knew Mac Jones was NFL ready, I don't know if we all sat here and thought, whoa, we're going to be sitting here around week 13 going, I think the Patriots are the best team in football with a rookie quarterback. I mean, that's what we were at one point. And, of course, he played very good for a rookie in a tough spot and was pretty consistent throughout the year. So the rookies and the showcase there with some of these guys, I think was really something that jumped out to me this year. While Trayvon Diggs may uh, undoubtedly be the man, he was not a rookie. Oh, you're right. He's a second-year guy. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm an idiot. Well, Trayvon Diggs, I still didn't see all those <laughs> interceptions. Have. He's still the man. You're the man. <laughs> you're the man, you're the Trayvon. Man. Damn Chris, it. That totally messed me up there. My bad. Well, let's take a break. <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. you the man. What an idiot. All right, we don't have a lot of time, and I check my emails during the break to see what's going on. Check my phone, check my email, just make sure I'm up on everything. Got a great email. I don't know that the person wants his name to be shared, but it's explaining what's going on with Tom Brady. Classic midlife crisis. Step one, a divorce from the Patriots. Step two, a short-term relationship with a trophy girl, the Buccaneers. (laughs) Step three, a late-night text to the high school sweetheart, a.k.a. the 49ers. I love uh, it. Here it comes. There it is. I'm telling you, it's unavoidable. He's not going to lower himself to have to, you know, dirty his hands the way Aaron Rodgers is. He's going to work it all behind the scenes. I, I just I think he's going to be with the 49ers week one. I, I'm, I'm rooting for that so badly. Harder than I was rooting for Jim Harbaugh to the Vikings. Oh, geez. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm going to say he's done either way. But I hope it doesn't happen next week when we don't have a show. Like, I'm, I'm worried that something like that's going to happen or Aaron Rodgers gets traded next week and we won't be able to talk about it and I'll feel guilty. I'll be back tomorrow. Chris will be uh, off. the hell with you. I'll See be you off. See ya. You the man. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.